Thank you for listening to this message from Life in the Sun Christian Fellowship. We hope you'll be inspired to honor God and make disciples. Our theme for the year is great faith. Our theme for 2019 is great faith. And Foretold is a five-week series leading up to Easter Sunday. Foretold is the study of an ancient manuscript called Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet lived 700 years before Christ, and he foretold very specific details about the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus. And I have a question for you. Why would God do that? Why would God do that? What is the purpose of foretelling? What is the purpose of prophecy? Why would God reveal more than 700 years in advance specific details about the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus? We could approach this question from a theological and academic point of view, but there is another point of view that is amazingly simple. And if we will get this deep down in our hearts, it will transform your relationship with God. Jesus indicated what that is in John 15. We'll read it together. He said, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. Friends tell each other what they're doing. Friends oftentimes tell each other everything. God revealed his plan because he isn't just creating humanity. God isn't just creating the masses. God is creating friends. Real friends tell each other what they're doing. That's, that's one of the reasons that God speaks. It is so simple, we could miss it. It's about friendship. How many of you still see your childhood friends on a regular basis? Raise your hand. Okay, a few, not too many, just a handful. Okay. There is a group of childhood friends who found a way to continue to see each other all throughout their lives. Once a year, no matter where they are in the world, these men would take a month to play the game of tag. And their job was to go and hunt down and find one of their friends and tag them. And they did this every year, all the way through adulthood. This is a true story. It made the Wall Street Journal. And from the Wall Street Journal, it became a movie, a movie by the name of Tag. And if you like comedy and you don't mind silly, <laughs> it's a clean movie about friendship. And in case you don't like it, just remember, I didn't actually recommend it. I just mentioned it. <laughs> it's a movie out there. You know, we all need friends. And we can all grow in learning how to be a friend. Have you ever had a so-called friend talk bad behind your back? If they do that, are they really your friend? <clears throat> Real friends are those who can wisely support you even when others are against you. And this describes Jesus. Jesus demonstrated what real friendship looks like. He said there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. The book of Isaiah 
is the Bible in miniature. There are 66 books in the Bible. There are 66 chapters in the book of Isaiah. The Bible has many themes. Most of those main themes are found in the book of Isaiah. And one of the main themes running through the entire Bible and the book of Isaiah is this. Who will be a friend of God? Who will represent him? Who will be faithful? Who will be a faithful witness to the Father's love? Who will tell people that God is love? Who will give a good report and tell people that God loves them? Of all the people in the Bible, one person was an unfailing witness to the Father's love. The amazing relationship between a father and his son is at the heart of today's message. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for your word. Lord, I ask now that your Holy Spirit would take your word and plant it in our hearts. Lord, make it real, make it alive, cause it to take root and grow. And Lord, I pray that you would use us to spread your word to as many people as are on your heart. Lord, help us to dream with you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our text today comes from Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 through 9. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. The Sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort the weary. Morning by morning he wakens me and opens my understanding to his will. The Sovereign Lord has spoken to me, and I have listened. I have not rebelled or turned away. I offered my back to those who beat me and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting. Because of the Sovereign Lord, because the Sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. <clears throat> Therefore, I have set my face like a stone, determined to do his will, and I know that I will not be put to shame. <clears throat> he who gives me justice is near. Who will dare to bring charges against me now? Where are my accusers? Let them appear. See, the sovereign Lord is on my side. Who will declare me guilty? All my enemies will be destroyed like old clothes that have been eaten by moths. And so there's a lot packed into this verse. I wish I had more time. We could spend actually a couple weeks on this passage. But in the time that we have, I want us to go back and take a look at verse 4. <clears throat> verse 4, the sovereign Lord has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort the weary Morning by morning, he wakens me and opens my understanding to his will. Who is speaking in this passage? Well, there are two clues in verse 1 and in verse 6. Verse 1, if you go back to the beginning of chapter 50, verse 1 says, this is what the Lord says. And then in verse 6, we read, I offered my back to those who beat me and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting. So who is speaking? Yes. Isaiah is foretelling the heart and mind of Jesus. In verse 4, Jesus is talking about his father. He says, the sovereign Lord 
has given me his words of wisdom so that I may know how to comfort the weary. Morning by morning, he wakens me and opens my understanding to his will. This passage is about fathering. Fathering is an important need in the world today. The family is under attack, has been under attack since the beginning. Families have taken a huge hit. Fathering has taken a huge hit since World War I, World War II, and the Industrial Revolution. In those wars, men were taken away from the home. Some of them didn't come back. And if they did come back, some of them struggled with PTSD. And if they were able to cope with that, they had to catch up on their careers and their education. And so they worked double time and ran fast in order to catch up. But unfortunately, that made them absent from the home. And so for that generation growing up, for many people, fathering is kind of like a blank picture. There are pieces of the puzzle that are missing because we don't have the experience of what that looks like. And then the Industrial Revolution came. We used to be an agricultural society. We worked at home with our kids, with our families, and we fathered them, we mothered them. But then through the Industrial Revolution and specialization in occupation, people left and they went away to work in factories. And all of a sudden, the family got broken up. And even more so, this picture of fathering developed more and more blanks. One of the major roles of fathering is providing. And not just financially, not just physically. In this passage, Jesus talks about his father providing emotionally. He says, the father has given me his words of wisdom so that I know how to comfort, how to comfort the weary. Now I'm probably challenging us fathers here in the room today. I'm challenging myself too. But it wouldn't be God's word if it wasn't challenging, right? <laughs> One of the spiritual gifts that God has given me, and I don't think you'll find this, um, very, not very common, but I've just kind of discovered it over time by accident, is the ministry of peace. Oftentimes when people are feeling out of sorts and things are just not in sync with God, um, the Lord allows me just to present his presence and his spirit of peace that kind of just comes over a person and restores them in their heart with God. When my kids were little, sometimes Terry would be trying to comfort them and they just would not be comforted. But I would pick them up and hold them and then they would just quiet down and come to a place of rest and relax. Um, my kids would see me do that with our relatives, nieces and nephews. And uh, growing up when they were teenagers, they nicknamed me the baby whisperer because I, uh, I don't know what it is. God just, I remember one time I was holding this little kid and he just shuddered as I held him next to my chest. And he'd probably been through some trauma and some things that just got released the moment I put him right here. And so God, the Father, is, is one who who provides, and not just providing emotionally. Uh, this verse also speaks of providing direction. 
The other thing the, pro- the Father provides is direction. It says, morning by morning, he wakens me and opens my understanding to his will. To know God's will is to have direction. As the Father reveals his will to the Son, the Son knows what to do. So just imagine a typical family dynamics. Imagine a father who coaches his son morning by morning, each, each morning that his son wakes up. And he gives him, he tells him his heart. He tells him his will. He gives him direction. And he says, this is who we are. And this is who you are. And this is how we do life in our house. And here's what we're doing today. And here's what we're going to do together this week and this month and this year. And so he reveals his will to his son. Do you know what that does to a child when they hear that from a father? It provides security. There's now clarity. They know what's expected of them. They know how our house works. They know how our life works. They know their father's heart. They know what to expect. And what that does is it provides security. There is security in a sense of clarity. Now, Terry and I do a lot of counseling. I, I don't know, thousands of people after the last 15 years. But I've gotten to a point where I can tell within the first five, within the first five minutes of meeting a stranger, of meeting a new person, I can tell whether or not they had a good relationship, a healthy relationship with their father just by how secure they are. It's huge. Now that the son knows his father's will, he knows how to work with his father. Yeah. And that creates security. Feeling secure is one of the major results of having a healthy relationship with your dad. When we feel insecure, the good news is this. God is in the process of reparenting us. You know, if I'm feeling insecure, it's just an indicator to me that I need to spend time alone with God. I need to hear from him. I need to say, God, how am I doing? How are we doing? How's my family doing? How's the church family doing? You know, and then one word from God, because God is love, it's assuring. We're we're comforted by his presence and his words. All we have to do is get to know him. And the more we experience his love and his direction, then the more secure we feel. <laughs> Knowing your direction makes all the difference in the world. Uh, June Escosar, he said, oftentimes the problem in the church is not commitment. He said, the problem is vision. If I don't make it clear, uh, let me back up. The problem isn't commitment, the problem is vision. Most of you are committed. You are. The question is, committed to what? And if I don't make it clear, then there's no unity and there's no synergy toward a common goal. And this is why I shared the picture of the space shuttle. It makes a big difference when you get specific. Did you feel the difference when there was clarity about how we go and make disciples in Micronesia and beyond? Because there's a ton of ways that you could do that. In verse 4, Jesus is describing something very important about fathering. Fathers communicate to their children so the children know what to expect. Moving on to verse 5. 
The sovereign Lord has spoken to me, and I have listened. I have not rebelled or turned away. Verse 4 was a picture of the father's heart. It was a picture of fathering. Verse 5 is a picture of sonship. This is the son's response. And so the son says, The sovereign Lord has spoken to me, and I have listened. I have not rebelled or turned away. The first person that comes to mind when I think about this kind of response to a parent is my daughter Tara. Ever since she was born, I think, (laughs) she is so teachable. I could tell her something once and consider it done. I remember coaching her on how to swim. She's a beautiful swimmer. I mean, she's like Michael Phelps. She just glides through the water. And when she was younger and I would coach her, I would, I would give her an instruction. I would say, you know, the angle of your hand and how you cup it needs to be about here and enter the water at this point. The next lap, she was doing it forevermore. Those are things that took me years, years to be able to develop that discipline and that technique. And she would just do it like that in one time. One day, I, I took her to a mountaintop in Montana. We were on vacation at my grandparents' place. And I had learned that, you know, the best way to talk about the birds and the bees with your kids is not to take them out for a special talk one day when they're a preteenager. The best way is just to let it be a normal conversation all through life, age-appropriate, of course, so that they feel like it's normal, it's okay. And so I had been doing that all the time that she was a little kid. But now she was getting older, she was a preteen, and I decided it was time to go a little deeper and have a little more straight talk. And so I did. I talked about physical relationships. I talked about God's design. I talked about why God says to wait before marriage. I talked about the consequences of not waiting until marriage and what can happen, a broken heart, sexual disease, all of these things. I explained all of that to her very clearly. And you know what her response was? She goes, okay, Dad, like, got it. No questions, no arguments. And she's just, she's been living, walking with God. I think she's in the Word more than I am. (laughs) And so, teachability. Jesus is talking about sonship, and he's talking about what that looks like in a healthy love relationship with the Father. He says, I have listened, and I have not turned my heart away. Verse 6. I offered my back to those who beat me, and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting. God sent Jesus to the earth for a divine purpose to redeem mankind from all sin. And when Jesus lived on the earth, he fully knew that purpose and how it was to be fulfilled. He was going to die a humiliating and painful death on the cross so that mankind would know and experience life with God again. Even when Jesus knew this, he was not rebellious and he did not turn away. Now you have to ask yourself when you think about what he went through, why why did Jesus do that? Or how did Jesus do that? How could he be able to go through all of that torture and humiliation and shame and still be faithful to the Father? The answer is in John chapter 14. This is a quote of Jesus himself. He says, I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. This is an amazing picture 
of the love of the Father and the love of the Son and being willing to go through anything for each other. This passage that we just read, verse 6, this is the extent of the Son's love for the Father. Verse 7 and 9 give us a further clue as to how Jesus could go through this. Why did he do that? Verses 7 through 9 show the assurance and the confidence the Son has in the Father's love. Verse 7, God, well, before I get there, God through Isaiah foretold of the servant that he would send to redeem his people. And the servant, unlike what the Israelites thought, would not redeem God's people from oppression that they were experiencing from other nations, but rather he would redeem them from the oppression that they experienced from sin. And he would be a witness to the world of God's love and God's will and God's justice. Jesus was so convinced of God's love that he could have confidence even when he was going through torture and suffering and shame and false accusation, knowing that his father would justify him, that his father would rescue him, and that even facing death, that he could entrust himself to the father's love. It's an amazing picture of the love of a father and his son. And so, in the few minutes that we have left, just by way of review, the Father's heart is to comfort and to give direction. Our response as sons and daughters is to receive comfort and direction. And as we do, we will experience the Father heart of God and we will know his love. And when we do, we will be secure no matter what happens. Perfect love Cast out all fear. Sound good? Let's pray. Father, thank you for foretelling this love relationship between you and your son. It's also a picture of us, the church, the bride, and your son. Lord, it's a picture of our relationship with you. And I pray, God, that you would open our hearts and convince those unbelieving places that are not fully trusting in your love and your sovereignty. Lord, I ask that you would speak to those parts of our lives too by revealing your love and removing any fear, any hesitation. Lord, I pray that as we experience you, that our faith will grow, that this year, 2019, will be a year of great faith. So, Father, help us to receive comfort and to receive direction and to grow secure deep in our heart, even in the face of trials and temptations. Lord, even in the face of false accusation, Lord, may we know with certainty our identity as your sons and daughters who are loved by you. So, Lord, grow us. Make us the kind of people you want us to be. And if you would keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to give you a minute just to take some time alone with God and say, Lord, what is it that you're saying to me? If you would take some time just to turn your attention toward him and just listen with the inner ear 
watch with the eyes of your heart and just tune in to God and say, Lord, what is it that you're saying to me? And if you're sensing something, I want to give you a little extra time just to respond. Whatever that is, just to be real with him. It might be a yes, it might be a hesitation, a question. But just process that with God. Restore my life. 
Make me the kind of person you designed me to be. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give those people a hand.